everyone and welcome to Conversations on the Path. I am your host, April Hanna. And Conversations on the Path is a show dedicated to talking to everyday people about really interesting topics. And our show today is actually going to be about CBD oil. And I have my guest, Greg Kerber, who is the CEO and founder of Gnome Serum. But this is a man that has quite a colored history. He has always been on the cutting edge of life and business. And he finds himself yet again on the cutting edge of a business that is quite controversial uh, in the industry right now. But this is also a story that I wanted to share because it's a bit of a comeback story of a man that uh, has been working in finance, digital media, e-commerce, um, he's been to prison, he has been divorced, and now he lands himself here in the CBD oil industry and really trying to help and heal people's lives. And his story is very healing, uh, tumultuous, uh, challenging, dramatic. Um, in so many different ways, but yet it is a story that needs to be told and this is the first time that his story is going to be captured on film and it is my pleasure to welcome Greg Kerber of Gnome Serum. Thank you for having me and I'm exhausted with the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't even know where to really begin with well, your introduction because it's a hard one to read. Yeah. You have been around the block, you have uh, quite a story and... Um, well, let, let me let me say this, I, I, you know, the having spent 12 years in the wellness or natural cosmetics industry, um, built a company from a kitchen sink to a multi-million dollar uh, internationally distributed consumer products. Um, and then I decided long ago, having been a pioneer in the technology industry, that pioneer was not the life for me. And um, having discovered CBDs with the help of my sons actually, they were the ones who had uh, uh, kind of put that in my head. Um, I thought it was a matured industry. Um, I thought that consumers knew about this and I thought that it was further along, even getting into it, doing the research, uh, working on it, doing what I was doing, uh, understanding the species for two years. Um, I thought we were further down the road and then there's a before and after, like Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden I realized I was in a pioneering business and it was, I was like, oh, what am I doing here again? But uh, it, much different in, in, than, than the technology world. And it was, um, originally I had set out to find, try and discover the fact that this was, it was a lot of, in the cosmetics industry wellness, you hear a lot of stuff most of it is not true. This gave me religion. I was surprised, stunned, and amazed at what um, was happening, one in Colorado, and two now as it spreads throughout the country. And if, uh, if we can get our uh, legislative uh, people and our politicians to understand it and forget the fear that's been built into us about it, I think it's a revolutionary product that could change the entire population of the United States. Yeah, I would agree with you. Now, I'm new to learning about CBD oil. We've had some uh, you know, off-camera conversations that have been helpful to educate me on it. But, yes. Uh, so some of the questions that I'm going to be asking you today might be very eloquent elementary, which is fine with me, and mm -hmm. I know that you, anybody that's watching this will, uh, that maybe has prior knowledge of it, I know that you're going to be able to answer some of their questions as well. But um, we have to start, though, because if people Google your name, 
some other stuff's going to come up. Yep. And uh, that actually happened. I uh, invited you to come to my wellness studio and I had put your name, Greg Kerber, owner of Gnome Serum and somebody that bought a ticket is coming and it really excited about it, but then sends me an article and says, oh my gosh, are you aware of who you're bringing to your studio? Right. Did you see this article? And I said, I'm well aware of the story, but no, nothing is what it appears to be. Right. And I said, you know, no worry, this guy is legit. So, yeah. um, so can you let yeah. the viewers so, know what I'm talking uh, about? You know, that's a very, we could spend an entire uh, sh show talking about that um, whole event in my life. Um, you know, especially what's going on today, things aren't always the way that they appear to be. And when you are up against forces that are extremely powerful, um, it's good not to be naive. Um, so I think that um, I um, went through a Shakespearean, I'd say it was very much a Shakespearean um, moment in my life where, in my family too, uh, failure. Uh, at the highest level, the most difficult level, let people down the whole nine yards. Gripping, uh, it was one of the most difficult things in my life. And it uh, changed me in a good in a good way, but you ended up going to prison. And not just a prison, but a military prison. So I was uh, running seven miles a day, I was doing hard labor. Uh, it was an eye-opening experience and I was with 120 guys that had lived on the street most of their lives. Um, they had lived on the street most of their lives. They had lived in violence most of their lives. And here I come walking along and I ended up becoming their leader. Um, and it was really difficult. I spent most of my time not sleeping and we were in an open barracks environment and it was, um, it was culturally a different place for a white educated male to be, which was not a big selling point to anybody that I was leading uh, in, the, in, in this environment. And um, I came out of it and I, I feel like I uh, learned a lot about society and what's going on and what truly is going on out there, not what we're told in the media and things like that. I, I, I got a good taste of that. So I, I went in and did, did a year, um, almost a year, uh, came out and um, was in a devastated place with uh, bankruptcy and you know our, all of our lives had been torn apart and started what do you do when all that happens you start a company and so um, prior to this all happening uh, my wife had started a company it was a natural soap company and um, literally in our kitchen sink we got out we put our guts into it and we ended up at the end of the day after 10 years we developed a product that's internationally distributed it's um, sold in all the major retailers, uh, Whole Foods, uh, Urban Outfitter, um, and uh, they continue to have great success with it. Uh, recently with a, one of the major studios and um, doing stuff in the world of Hollywood, which is uh, kind of ironic. But so they continue to do that. I chose to go and uh, do something um, more in this field because I was fascinated by it. I thought it was an, one of these things where you um, turn over that rock and you find something absolutely incredible. And that's why I got involved in it. 
Great. And can you give people just the cliff notes? Because like you said, we th this could be a whole conversation right. on the path about what had happened back then. But um, kind of the highlight point, so you also get a chance to clear your name a little bit. And I know we talked about you usually clear your name, you said, by your deeds that you do. But what actually led you to have to serve some time in this prison? Well, what, ha what happened was um, we, had, we were building a tech company. We had done something revolutionary in two components of the industry. We had created an e-commerce technology that scared everyone. We were able to put a net around millions of consumers and buyers um, and we made a lot of money very quickly and then we that we knew that that industry was going to change and they weren't going to allow us to continue to practice business the way they were because everybody wants to own the consumer so we looked at that handwriting on the wall we went out and created I uh, had some really smart guys inside our business and we went out and created what they call peered networks and it's kind of involved in the dark nets which is a really murky, ugly place to be. And we did a lot of work inside that, uh, at a lot of different levels. And then we went ahead and uh, developed something that the entire entertainment industry embraced, saw the value in it, and uh, gave us their digital media content to distribute across the internet. So uh, what happened was we uh, were doing a big funding round. We were a fast growing company. We were close to 100 plus employees approximately at the time and um, back and forth in LA, Colorado, London, all the major cities and we hit a funding uh, gap and we couldn't get the funding done and when that happens in, in the world we were living in it's not, uh, not a pleasant experience and that just led to a, a, a um, I guess a chain event of things that involved uh, a district attorney in uh, Saratoga uh, being involved. And it was really um, a point where it was unintended circumstances put us all in a bad place. And we ended up uh, uh, going to uh, trial on two occasions. We we did. I did a plea the first time, and then they came back at me with another set of uh, of uh, of laws that I had broke supposedly. Anyway, long story short, ended up going to court. Um, with a jury trial, um, never do a jury trial again. If I could, I do a judge trial. But anyway, I did the jury trial and um, lost, and sucked it up, and went away for almost a year. In, and ended up in a military prison. So uh, military work environment, military prison, and uh, it got me out sooner. It got me out significantly sooner than I would have. And uh, that's what happened. That's a very, that's a cliff note. I know. There is I way know. more to it than that. Um, a lot of people wanted to. There's, you know, I've had some offers to tell that story. I probably will at some point uh, mm -hmm. later on in my life in the next two or three years. But yeah. So then coming out of that, then like you said, here you are needing to rebuild. Yes. And so why, why, why the CBDs? Um, well, the thing is, is I, I, uh, I, everybody has heard the Charlotte's Web story um, with the little girl with the uh, seizures. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you hear this stuff, it's almost like religion, technology, uh, science, and you, you try and find the truth in all of it. Um, so I, I was so interested that a single plant 
you've heard that silver bullets don't exist. I don't believe in silver bullets. Uh, they recently have just come out. Uh, Dr. Raphael Makhlevin, who is the leading He's the godfather of this industry. All of the research has come out of Israel. Uh, recently, uh, a new study on this, uh, maybe in the past six months, uh, there's a thing called the endocannabinoid system that it resides in the human, uh, all mammals, quite honestly, but it resides in us. And they, at one point, they thought it was 70% of disease occurs there, 80% of disease occurs there. They have found that now effectively every disease occurs at that level. And what does that mean? I mean, we can get very technical about this, but there's a couple of metaphors I can use to make it simple. But what it means is, is that endocannabinoid system that everyone has um, relies on cannabinoids. It creates a communication network. It gets back to the internet, like I've said before, where um, you have your immune system, you have your hormonal system, and then you have your the immune system, your hormonal system, and your nervous system all working together in harmony uh, to keep you healthy. So the interesting thing about the human body is it wants to be healthy and it wants to stay healthy. So it works over time doing that through all of those systems. Everybody talks about the immune system all the time. The immune system is one system in three that really determines how we live and how well we live our lives. So um, we look at it, I look at it very simply uh, like a computer. This is a computer. My body's a computer. And then the cells that run my computer are my software. Okay? What CBDs do, they're an oil extracted. So there's two kinds of CBDs. There's a CBD1. Mm -hmm. There's a CBD2. Uh, and there's receptors 1 and receptors 2. But there's two kinds. One is derived from hemp and one is derived from cannabis. The difference is uh, same species of plant grown differently, harvested differently. Um, Marijuana has a psychoactive cannabinoid called THC, mm -hmm. where hemp also has that. There's always this, uh, hemp has it, but it has a lower grade. And in the US, you gotta be low, below 0.30 to sell that into the marketplace, but that's where it is. But hemp does have that. There's a lot of misinformation about that. And there's a lot of misinformation about THC. So you have those two, uh, kinds of cannabinoids that are being sold in the marketplace today. And what they are, getting back to how that affects you, you have that, uh, the body is your computer cells. You take that and it really feeds those cells. I call it like an antivirus, a defragging. It gets put into the body. You download it by taking it orally. Um, it ends up going right at the nucleus level. It goes into, on every cell in the human body, uh, there's receptors and there are different kinds of receptors. But those receptors gobble up those cannabidiols they, die, they go right into the nucleus of the cell and they start to organize the communication of those three systems. So you have those three operating systems inside the body that all have to be functioning and they call that homeostasis. So the second scenario we always use is uh, it's a mobile the thing that babies play with in their crib. Mm -hmm. It's in balance. It's gotta be in complete balance. And what happens is with everyone, you got this mobile system in let's say stars, that's what we have as an example when we give this. And one of the stars becomes inflamed and it creates weight on the system. So it knocks that whole mobile system out of balance. What do we do? We get on the phone, we say, hey doctor, I'm not feeling so well. I think I should come in. You go in to see the doctor. He does his thing, blood test, whatever's gonna happen. Then he says, you know what? I'm gonna put you on this, that, and the other thing. 
or just this thing and you go to your down to your CVS and you get your prescription and you take that pill and maybe you get some relief from it we really never know what what drugs do to us okay right. mm -hmm. and maybe it maybe it cloaks it who knows but what does happen we know that this happens uh, it creates a chain event it creates a system where inflammation occurs from the drug other inflammation so you have all these stars now you have a bunch of them weighted by medicine and then a bunch that become inflamed because of the outcome of this drug that you just took and the the next part of that is you go back to see the doctor and what do you think happens oh give me another medication yeah, for let me this give you, side effect that you have yeah let me we'll give you this for that this that the other thing mm -hmm. and this huge uh, when you look at it, if you could look at a diagram, this huge system that's supposed to be in complete balance is completely not in balance. And all of a sudden, diabetes, all of a sudden, all of these things start to weight on that system and eventually something breaks. And that's when you have rogue cells, cancers, obesity, all of this stuff just starts to uh, really tear apart the human, uh, those systems, and you have an imbalance of the homeostasis, and you're, you're really in this what I call an alligator death roll. You're just going to keep taking the drugs, you're going to keep modifying them, and you're in a tough, you're in a tough place, and it creates, uh, a, it costs lots of money, and it costs us a lot just in, um, you know, from the workplace to, you know, everything that um, uh, operates or, or allows a human to live in, 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 the, the, in the 21st century, so. So you're, you're actually telling me that our human body has these receptors to take CBD oil in and our body knows how to intelligently yeah, so that? what's so fascinating about it is the fact that, um, the CBD oil is a cannabidiol, so it's um, it, it's something that your body creates naturally. So your endocannabinoid system that exists inside you, um, well, there's only two times in your life that you feel this. You may feel this, and most times you're not going to remember it. So if you're a baby, mother's milk loaded with um, cannabidiols and cannabinoids. The baby, that's why they're happy. They're, pro they're, they're probably a little high, and that's why, they're, um, and that's why they're, they sleep afterwards. Mm -hmm. It satisfies them. They're off the market. The second time it happens in a human being, you'd have to be a marathon runner. Uh, runner's high is a component of that release in that endocannabinoid system. Our endocannabinoid system does not create enough of it to keep us in balance. Wow. So that is where the, where the issue lies. If you were to talk to most doctors, I would guarantee this. So anybody who's watching the show, go call your doctor up right now and say, um, you know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about my uh, endocannabinoid system. What can I do to help that? And I would say 70% of doctors are gonna go, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Here we are in the 21st century. We have no idea what that is. Um, most of that research, like I said, has come out of Israel. Uh, most of it has not gotten to the United States. And um, how long ago? How long has this research uh, been? It started in 1964. Oh. Uh, uh, Dr. Raphael, he, he actually was, uh, he went and got uh, 10, 12 pounds of hash and started to experiment, went right down to the police station, just said, hey, I want some hash, I want to do some experiments. They gave it to him, he walked out. He went, he was on the bus, everybody smelt it. He went back 
to his place and uh, he almost got arrested for doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but they started to study and what's fascinating about that study was they really began to see, started with mice and they felt comfortable doing it with humans. And it really changed the dynamics of a lot of things. They began to realize that one, THC is good for you. Uh, one, there's over 131 cannabinoids. Uh, most of those we don't even know what they do at this point. We know what about half of them do. Yeah. Uh, but those cannabinoids or cannabidiols, they go into the system. They all nourish that and open up that communication for those three systems. Um, what was fascinating about his study, there were two. There was one that was anecdotal. He brought a bunch of people to his house. 15, 20 people, half of them got THC, 10 milligrams, half of them didn't as a placebo. Uh, the 10 that, or the half that did get it, um, ended up, every one of them had a different experience from the plant. So nobody had the same experience, hmm. which is an interesting thing because when you do the research and it's been said, it's called a personal plant, it affects everyone differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's something, uh, is there a science to why that occurs? I don't know. But one thing that they do know about cannabis and hemp plants collectively is that they've co-evolved with human beings. For thousands of years, this plant has tried to get our attention and sometimes successfully. But the biggest problem has been in this country, and a lot of the countries is, is that it's illegal. So there was no research being done on this. And it created a just stopgap in um, what could have been something we discovered way early on. And uh, I think it would have had a major effect on the way we, we have a lot of health issues in this country from stress, anxiety, mm -hmm. depression, obesity, um, you name it, there, cancer, we just have a lot. And it, it could have made changes in the world um, in, in, in this country if that was, we were allowed to have experimented with the plant. So do you think that it was kept illegal for a long time? Because it's almost like, you know, as you're talking about it and more research is out, it almost seems silly that this was illegal when it can help and has so many healing benefits for the human body. So is there any You know, I, I, the why? conspiracy theory, well, I'm... Having lived my, the life I have, I've got no, uh, I, I can believe in a conspiracy theory pretty well, but um, I think it originally uh, William Randolph Hearst had a lot to do with it. It was more at the industrial level. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we understood the, the, the medicinal value. What's odd, I mean, if you go back further and further, it was used at medicinal value in religion. They used it as sacramental religion. They use it for healing. Uh, you know, a lot of it's been lost in interpretations going from Aramaic to, you know, where we are today in English. And, and so there's been a lot of things where it's been lost. Um, I'm not exactly sure when it was. I think it was in 1939. They took it out of all the textbooks, the medical textbooks, hmm. where they were looking at it as a medical um, solution to physical issues. Um, so it, it's always been there in, it, with us. Um, it's just, um, I, I, I think money had gotten involved in the 30s. They were, it was used as a, uh, as I was saying, at the industrial level. Um, and it was, um, they wanted to use paper. And so paper wanted to be made from wood. And that had a lot of the driving force in what they, so they had to demonize it. So first of all, they called it marijuana. And marijuana was really a tobacco that was grown in Mexico. It was really a harsh, bad tobacco. And so they tried very, it was, you know, great, a great uh, process and propaganda. 
until they knew what they were doing. And they kind of bastardized the plant and Reefer Madness was a propaganda film. You became a sex maniac, you became a serial murderer, you became by smoking uh, marijuana. And you know what? Today, I gotta be honest, we've got some really powerful people who have said cannabis is bad as heroin. And in reality, that is so not true. Um, it's not even close. Not with in reality, you can use cannabis to treat someone coming off heroin addiction. So it's just so that, yeah. yeah. It's so when you understand the receptors, you understand addiction. You can uh, this this plant has the ability to help in that process with getting someone off. Um, off addictions and lots of other things so and I know I've heard a lot of people say too you can't can't overdose on this I have tried <laughs> <laughs> no literally tried so mm -hmm. when I had gotten the CBD oils one of my big concern what happens if a baby uh, I happened when my brother one time he grabbed shoe pile or not it was some kind of polish or something and drank and he ended up in the hospital so my big concern was I knew it was powerful stuff so I wanted to know gee what would happen if a baby had gra just grabbed this bottle and drank it so we sat there and kind of thought about it figured it out we said so maybe three to four ounces would be something that a human it would affect the baby if they drank an ounce of it and so I, I drank uh, four ounces of CBD oils and um, it uh, I probably fell asleep for 16 hours and oh I, I was completely right, right on the couch I, I never made it out of the couch it's happened on a couple of occasions when we've been doing some experiments but uh, and I felt fantastic the next day I felt unbelievable. I don't know that I've ever slept like that. I'm not a big sleeper, so, uh, so, but it, it, it uh, there is no that I know. I'm sure someone can find something. You could probably find uh, someone dying from too much peanut butter uh, if they ate it. So, um, but to my knowledge, uh, in the medical field and any place, there's not anyone dying from overdosing. You're gonna order a pizza, cuddle up with the dog, and go to sleep eventually <laughs> if you take too much mm -hmm. uh, cannabis. Uh, Hemp obviously is, they call it a non-psychoactive because of the low dose of the, uh, that's what we um, uh, produce and um, it uh, doesn't have those qualities so you don't have to worry about it. But there's a whole thing called the entourage effect and you kind of need, there's three components to that. There's your uh, cannabinoids, your flavonoids, um, and your terpenes. You need those three things in order to make... Um, and you, you, no one will convince me that you don't. I've had people say, oh, they're doing nanotechnology and they're tearing the plant apart and they're going in really genetically modifying the plant now for who knows what reason to get nanotechnology, create a smaller cell. I think it's all Frankenstein stuff. Um, when you've got a plant that you can just take that extraction, which is the oil, if you get good extractions, um, you really don't need to go through all this, uh, you know, the efficiency of it doing cell absorption. Now you're getting into a lot of what the pharmaceutical industry does and you're not ending up with a clean powerful solution to health issues mm -hmm. so you can vape it you can vaping it is a great way to consume a CBD a hemp or a cannabis based CBD it skips the liver gets right into the bloodstream you get an immediate result from it or you can uh, go ahead and take the oils or you in the case of marijuana you can smoke it any way, uh, any three of those ways are the best delivery system, in our opinion, uh, that you're going to get the best result from the product, any of those products. 
So I've noticed um, going to the store now, uh, there's so many different CBD oils that you could choose from. I saw a lot popping up just in our local um, food store before I saw yours. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, how does somebody like me, I mean, I happen to know you, so that's great. And then I, I feel comfortable if I know right. somebody that actually is uh, distributing the product here. But you know, for people that don't, how do you, how do you go to the store and how do you choose? What are you supposed to look for? How do you know how they're extracting it? Right. I mean, are there disclaimers on CBD oil uh, distributors like yourself, like how you extract from the plant and how do we know if they are mixing it? with something else. How so that, know? you know, you get into a whole other component in the industry. So, you know, you've got, here's the marketing component of it, getting into the consumer. Uh, then you get into manufacturing and the manufacturing of it is vitally important. And what they, what you find out today is that there's about, oh, there's, there was a, a recent study, actually the FDA had gone in and done a study and 70% uh, of what they had gotten their hands on they had found was not even a real CBD so uh, there's a lot of stuff that's coming out of China um, there's a lot of things that are going into the US market that um, aren't at all CBDs and are have so little CBDs that uh, they're not you're not going to get any benefit from them so uh, the real thing is the consumer research it, this is kind of I think a experiment in health um, this is where someone's got to be proactive about their approach toward health, which we always should be, mm -hmm. and figure out where the products are, who they are that are manufacturing them, and how well they are uh, extracted. So in our particular instance, uh, having a background doing plant extractions for the last 12 years, one of the things I did not want to do was use a CO2 extraction or an alcohol extraction. So why wouldn't you want to use that? Well, uh, no matter what anyone says, those extractions still leave some of the molecular structure of the extractions there, alcohol especially. Mm -hmm. Once you do that, it's kind of iffy. Can an alcoholic use the product to help with their health needs? So we really kind of dug in and said, well, what can we do that uh, creates the purest form of the extraction? And it's a proprietary process that our partners do in Colorado. And what they do is uh, vapor, water, steam with a lot of pressure in uh, stainless steel cylinders and you end up with a pure extraction that gets about 98% of the cannabinoids out of the plant. That's great. There's still three other things that you have to worry about. Uh, terpenes. The one that probably as important as the, this is something no one ever, you always hear about cannabinoids, cannabinoids, cannabidiols, you hear this, right? Terpenes are as important as that. There's a couple of reasons why. And what are, what are they? Well, terpenes, if you were to take lavender and smell lavender, mm -hmm that's turpins okay okay if you were to smell lemongrass mm -hmm. that's it but it's more than that but it's one of that creates that really strong scent if, if something doesn't smell like a familiar smell that people have used ca cannabis if it doesn't smell like that even with hemp it's probably not a, a very good CBD. It's got to have that strong scent. But what the terpenes do is they get down into the system and they kind of alert the cells that they're bringing their buddies, the cannabinoids, to the party. Mm -hmm. And um, aromatherapy, something to be said for aromatherapy, it's not undifferent where it kind of brings the the cell structure and everything to a heightened uh, level of awareness so that the cannabinoids get their maximum result. Thank you for listening to this free preview. To hear the rest of this episode in its entirety, visit our Patreon site at patreon.com path11 and become a supporter today. When you pledge as little as a dollar per month as a Patreon supporter, 
you gain access to exclusive interviews, regularly produced guided meditations, future episodes of our weekly podcast before anyone else, and you can also watch our new TV show, Conversations on the Path. This is a one-on-one conversation with interesting people working on interesting projects. Again, that's patreon.com slash path11. Pledge your support today and help us change the world.